All right, so first of all, Shkech to uh, Anonymous. You know who you are. The sponsoring. It's Chosav Shaib and Moshe. Should be Zaycha to all Shavu Bracha and Hatzlacha. Okay, so um, the past few weeks, we were sort of doing an introduction to an introduction of uh, a Sefer Yeshua. We were talking about just Nevua, Rucha Kaidish, Tanakh in general. But, uh, but now let's, uh, let's begin our introduction to Sefer Yeshua, really. Okay, so to appreciate, I think, again, what is Sefer Yeshua about? So we know that Sefer Yeshua picks up where Chumash uh, ends off, right? So Chumash ends with the death of Moshe Rabbeinu, Kalei right by the uh, border of Eretz Yisrael, right by the yard in the, the Jordan River. And that's when Sefer Yeshua picks up that the Rabbani Shalom, uh, that was after the death of Moshe, the Ever of Hashem. And Hashem says to Yeshua Benon, okay, Chazak Ramat, let's get strong and uh, be courageous. You're about to lead the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. And that's what Sefer Yeshua is about, the conquest of the land and the settling of the land. Altogether, 14 years, seven years of conquest, seven years of, of settling. That's what Sefer Yeshua is. But we have to understand, again, as we've been talking about, uh, all books of Tanakh are not just telling us historical events. That's not the point of it. Every single book of Tanakh is bimagal, it's revealing something in the world. It's bringing a light into our lives. So what exactly is the light of Sefer Yeshua? That's going to be the question. What, is the, what does Sefer Yeshua mean in terms of the nefesh, in terms of the soul? What does it mean for us in Avedis Hashem? What is, now that there is such a thing that's called Sefer Yeshua, how is the world different? How is Yiddishkeit different? How are we different? Okay, so in order to begin to answer that question, we have to uh, look a little bit to investigate who Yeshua Benun was and where does, he, where does his leadership really begin and what made him uh, special. So let's begin like this. In Marmokka number one, so it's a Gemara Nadarm, okay? Gemara Nadarm Chav Beis and Mebeis. It's a very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says the following, and this is going to be sort of our introduction to Sefer Yeshua. The Gemara says, Ilamoli Chatu Yisrael, if the Jewish people didn't sin, again, it's not clear what exactly the sin is being, uh, we're talking about over here, let's say the Egel, the Meraglim, like one of the big, uh, you know, one of the, the heavy hitters. If it wasn't for those big sins, and the Jewish people would have been able to go into Eretz Yisrael immediately and quickly and easily, all we would need for all time, all we would need is Chumash, five books of Chumash of Maisha, and Sefer Yeshua. That's all we would need. We wouldn't need the rest of Tanakh. We wouldn't even need the rest of Tarsh Baal Peh. Everyone would just know from Chumash and Sefer Yeshua exactly what God wants. Shenemar, the Yisrael. Sefer Yeshua you will always need because that's the layout of Eretz Yisrael. So it's sort of the completion of Chumash. You have the Chumash of Maisha leading us towards Eretz Yisrael and then Sefer Yeshua bring us into Eretz Yisrael and that really is, is all you really need. We have more than that now because there was great sins amongst the Jewish people, which creates a lot of uh, confusion and darkness in the world. So we need a lot of more Torah to illuminate the darkness. But technically speaking, if it wasn't for the abundance of darkness in the world, all you would need is Chumash and Sefer Yeshua. Shinamar, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk, Kibrev Chachma Rev Kas. Because there's so much anger, that's why you need so much knowledge. In other words, there's so much chayshech because of our sins, so we need a lot of Tyra. But if you took away that factor, all that was necessary be'emes is Chumash and Sefer Yeshua. Now from this Gemara we see that the essence of Sefer Yeshua is really somehow connected to Chumash. It's not, instead of seeing it as like, okay, Chumash ends, finished, and now we're in a new chapter that's called Navi, that's called Tanah, that's called uh, Nevi Meksuvim. This Gemara is telling us that really, in a certain sense, this is what we're going to see, we're going to see a little bit now, in a certain sense, the entire essence of Sefer Yeshua is giving us a way to understand and to appreciate Tyrus Moshe. 
And that's what the Gemara is really saying, that if it wasn't for our sins, all we really need is Chumash, plus Sefer Yeshua. Why? Why is Sefer Yeshua part of this? Because Sefer Yeshua is, is a vehicle through which we can sort of re- deeply connect to Chumash. And we're going to have to figure out what that means. And how is that connected to Eretz Yisrael? We'll see. Okay. So let's begin like this. We know, so what we're going to learn today is sort of revolving around the following story. It's from a couple of parashas ago already. Parashas Balai. So we know that the Pasuk says that Maishar Benu was uh, setting up a, I'm not going to go into the details so much, but he was setting up a Sanhedrin, as we know. This wasn't so much a halachic Sanhedrin of Pasuk and Shail. This was more of a spiritual Sanhedrin, people to, to sort of spiritually guide uh, along with Maisha. And the Pasuk says that there were two of, two of the people that were worthy of being the Sanhedrin. For whatever reason, they, were, they, 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 they pulled back. They were not part of the Sanhedrin. And they remained in the camp. Eldad Umeidad. Right? Eldad Umeidad. And it says in the Pasuk that, that uh, Eldad Umeidad, these two people, Misnavim Ben Achim, they had a Nevuah. They had a Nevuah uh, while they were amongst, in the camp. And what were they, Misnave? What, were they, what was the prophecy? So the prophecy was four words. Moshe, Meis, Yeshua, Machnes. Moshe is going to die. And Yeshua is going to uh, bring us into the land. So the Pasuk says that uh, this was what's going on and created a tumult, obviously. I'm sure the WhatsApp chats were going crazy with that, right? So Yeshua Benun hears that and Yeshua Benun goes to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Pasuk says that uh, that Yeshua Benun, one of the young men, the helpers of Moshe Rabbeinu, goes to Moshe and says, Adoni Moshe, my master Moshe, Kloim. Silence them. Do something to quiet them. This is not Moshe uh, Meis Yishu Machnas. So the pasuk says, and Moshe says to him, "What you know, you're, 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 I don't, need, I, you know, with all due respect, Yeshua, I, I don't need your help. Halavai, all of Klaiso should be Nevi'im. This doesn't bother me at all. That's the the mice. So this is the first sort of the, the first time that we see in Chumash this Indian of Yeshua Benun being uh, when you have to understand when a nevuah happens, it's not just telling the future. The nevuah is establishing that reality right now. So when that nevuah came into the world of Moshe and Mace and Yeshua Machnes, Dafka by these people, Eldar Umeidad, which we'll speak about them soon, why Dafka them, that was the first, that was the beginning of the Malchus of Yeshua Benun. That was the beginning. That wasn't just telling about the future. That, that's when it began in a certain sense. So if we're going to understand who Yeshua was and what his Malchus is about, we have to investigate that story. Okay, so Marmokka number two is a piece from, uh, from Narizal in Lakute Torah in Parshish Balaischam. Okay, so <clears throat> this is one of the unique pieces in the Kisferi where it's not, uh, it's not really Kabbalah. It's, I mean, a little bit, uh, we'll see, but it's, it's <laughs> relative to the rest of the Kisferi. It's not so, uh, not so heavy, you'll see. So he's talking about this mice of Elder Ameda. And, and, and that, well, we have to understand, after the mice of Elder Ameda, one more little piece of introduction, at the end of the Parshish Balaisha, then there's another story, which is Aaron and Miriam speaking Lashonar about, about Moshe. Right? They speak in Lashonar. And what's that story? So again, it says in Pasuk, very, very strange. The Pasuk says that Aaron and Miriam said about Moshe Rabbeinu, they were speaking about the fact that he separated from his wife. And they were upset about that. And they said, Doesn't Hashem speak to us? We're also in the Rashi is like, what's, the, what's the, the flow? They're upset about the fact that he separated from his wife. And then they say, we're also in the What exactly is the conversation? So the Rizal says like this, Le'el Omar, Eldar Umeidad, Mestavim B'machnet. The Rizal explains that the Lashonhar of, uh, of Aaron and Miriam against Moshe was right coming off of this Nevu of Eldar Umeidad that Moshe is going to die and Yeshua is going to bring us in. Unuvuasim Haisa, what was their Nevu? Moshe and Meis, Yeshua Machnes. So he says like this, an unbelievable word. Lachin Aaron and Miriam, Ratzul So they had just this Nevu. 
And now I remember thinking about this. What's Taq Shat? Why is Moshe not going to bring us into the land? Mazev el Mazev. What's the reason? Why won't he? Why won't he brought in? Again, no, no one was the. It, it was for sure nevuah. Everyone believed in it. It was nevuah. So the question is why? Because again, hitting, hitting the rock didn't happen yet, right? So right now you have no, there's no reason why Moshe Rabbeinu is not going into the land. So said that reason. Aaron Miriam made a chesed. They said, okay, maybe the reason why Moshe is not going to come into the land is not because of anything wrong with him. But Adra, because he's so great. Kiatamhu, maybe the reason is, which is in fact what the Zara says. He says that Eritisrol, the Zara says, is beneath Moshe Rabbeinu's Madrega. Eritisrol is a place that is not able to contain the Eitzachayim itself. which is the face of the sun, which is Moshe. So the Zara says the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't go into Eritisrol is not because he did something wrong, really. I mean, that's what we blame it on with hitting the rock. But really, really, the core issue is that Moshe is bigger than Eretz Yisrael. Moshe is coming from a higher place. And the way the Zerat puts that is that the Eitzachayim is not in, the Eitzachayim is in Gan Eden, not in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, so he says, And it would be a Yerida for Moshe Rabbeinu to go to Eretz Yisrael. So this is what they were thinking. This is what Aramir was thinking. But then they say, But Aramim says, no, 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 that can't be it. Why? Hashem speaks to us too. And they didn't realize how great Moshe was. So they're thinking, if Moshe Rabbeinu is so great, that's why he's not going to land. We're also pretty good. So that can't be the reason. So then, because of that, they say, so Hashem, right? Hashem speaks to us. Therefore they said, you know, so probably it's because of a chasarn in Moshe, and the only chasarn they could think of is the fact that he separated from his wife. So they said, it must be the reason. Yeah, they didn't realize this. They didn't realize that. So that's what, that's what, the, so what does Rabbi Hashem respond? So he says, So Hashem, what does Hashem say to Aaron and Miriam? You have no hasaga who Moshe Rabbeinu is. Panim b'panim, b'chol b'yisinamen hu. In other words, what's Rabbi Hashem saying? Your first thought, that's the correct one. The reason why Moshe is not going into Eretz Yisrael is not really because he hit the rock. That's, uh, okay, that's how it played out. That's not really the reason. The real reason is, is because Moshe Rabbeinu is too big for Eretz Yisrael. He says, and, and, and you thought that if he's too big, we're also big? Nah, the, he, you have no asag who Moshe Rabbeinu is. Yeah? Okay, so we'll have to, we'll have to investigate that, right? So you would think that uh, the truth is even Moshe Rabbeinu... Uh, well, okay, let, 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 let's, let's think about this for a second. Huh? So the truth is that Rizal explains that even when Moshe Rabbeinu was davening, the language of Moshe Rabbeinu is Evra Nov Era. Let me pass through and see the land. Moshe Rabbeinu understood how great he was. He knew that he's the face of the sun. He knew that he's the Eitzachayim. He can't be in Eretz Yisrael. He knew that, which we'll have to explain what that means in a second. Even when, therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, he accepted that Gezeira. What Moshe Rabbeinu is asking is, Rabbeinu Shalom, let me pass through the land. Even if I'm not really... Like, you know, even if I don't uh, settle in fully and I don't, like, sink my roots into the land and I'm just, uh, I'll just be like a traveling Magid, you know what I mean? Ever enough, ever, let me just pass through it and be able to see the land and to be part of that. And even that, the Rabbana Shalom says, it's not, it's not for you. So again, it worked, this is, again, this is opening up a whole, I guess, a whole can of worms that you have Gezeris from the Rabbana Shalom coming from, from, for good reasons, for Milas, and then the way it plays out in our world is as a chassan. So we're, we're, time to, we're little kids, we're thinking, why is Moshe been on Eretz Yisrael? Because he hit the rock. And we're thinking, well, and if we were Moshe, we would have spoken to the rock and everything would have been fine. 
We have no asaga. We have no asaga. The, the Rabbana Shalom is, you know, there's a world of Bechira, and there's the world of, of Yediyah. In, in that world of the Rabbana Shalom's the way of thinking, from his perspective, Moshe can't be an Eretz Yisrael. That has to be explained. You have to, how do you, how, 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 you know, you have to be able to, to explain that in Olam Hazah. So it worked out in such a way, oh, he hit the rock, okay, fine, we'll blame it on that. But it's not really, again, we'll have, when we get that parasha, maybe we'll have to see how, it, how hitting the rock is somehow in line with Moshe Benner being greater than Eretz Yisrael. But that's what we're seeing over here. So Moshe Benner's idea was, was beyond the chira. That. Right. Okay. That, that's why, okay, we'll see in a second. That's why even when this Pasuk talks about Yeshua Benun, Yeshua is described as Mi Bechurov. It's Lashon Bechira. Yeshua is the Lord of Bechira. Moshe mm-hmm. not. We'll, we'll see in a second. Okay, so that's what he's saying. So again, we'll just finish off how the Arizal says. Again, that's what the Rabbanu Shalom responds to Aaron and Miriam. Ke'ein Zataina. What you're thinking, that uh, we're just as great, that's not the reason. The main reason why Moshe is not going to Eretz Yisrael is because of the Zayar, that he's greater than Eretz Yisrael. And, and your question on that is, uh, we're also Nevi'im. That's not a taina. Your nevu has nothing to do with my shavei. Okay. So this, 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 this changes altogether our perspective of who Moshe was. Now, built based on this idea, let's go to the story of Elder Numeida being Mestav Barachna. And Yishuv is very upset by this, right? So he goes to Moshe Benu, you have to silence them. Take a look at Maramukha number three. Okay? The Heichel Abrach, the Kamarna in, uh, in Parshas Baileskov there. The Heichel Abrach, you have to understand, the Kamarna Rebbe is like, he, he, he writes himself in his introduction that he wrote his song with Ruch HaKadosh. And, and you see it. I mean, the, the gematrias especially are just, not like, you know, like a one-word gematria. It's like full psukim, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. This is one of the examples. Well, it's Spanish, like we talked about last week, or, or is it this uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it up, you know. You can, we'll figure that out uh, eventually, I guess. So he says, Vayan Yeshua Benun Mesharis Maishim Bebechura. Right? That's what it says in Pasuk, that Yeshua Benun uh, the servant of Maisha, Mibachurov, one of his uh, young men. So he responds, he goes to Maisha, I have to silence them. Misbar, that Pasuk is Begimachia, Beis Pa'amim, Shema Yisrael Shema Kineshem Echad. Okay? So Shema Yisrael Shema Kineshem Echad times two equals Begimachia, the Yan Yeshua Benun, Mesharis Maisha Mibachurov. Okay, what does that mean? So he says like this Ki Maisha Loi Amar Baruch Shein Kvayd Machus Loi Mavlai. Right? Shema Yisrael is a Pasuk in Chumash, right? Maisha Benu says it in, 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 in Sefer Dvarim. But in that parsh of Shema in Sefer Dvarim, it does not say Baruch Shem Kvad Mechus Lanavod. Moshe did not say Baruch Shem Kvad Mechus Lanavod. Now, to appreciate that, well, uh, before we get into this for a second, uh, this is a concept we find in, in, in Chassidus. I've mentioned this many times. There's, there's two different ways of relating to Rabbanu Shalom. There's two different levels. You could, you could label it in all sorts of ways. There's what's called Yehudi Law, the higher unity. The higher unity, you could call it the world of Yediyah. You could call it uh, a, pl- a reality that came before this world. It's that reality which is Einon Mulvada, there is nothing but God Himself. Mamish, nothing but the Rabban Islam. Elokus, all Elokus. That's called Yehudi Ilah. That is that reality of what was before creation, really, that doesn't really fit in this planet. It's really before creation. That reality of what was before is summed up in one sentence, which is Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad. As we all know, Hashem Hashem Echad doesn't mean there's one God as opposed to seven. Hashem Hashem means all there is is one. All there is is one God. That's a description of what reality was before creation. And there's one person, there's one neshama throughout all of time that is the embodiment, that, that, is, that, that is coming from that place. 
And that's Moshe Rabbeinu. It says about Moshe Rabbeinu, Ki min hamayim ishisu. He was named Moshe because he was taken from the waters. What does it mean? What waters? So again, on a simple level, it's the waters of the Nile, right? That's where he was. But on a much deeper level, the waters that Moshe Rabbeinu was taken away, taken out of is the waters of the entire world. The, the Chazal described by the time of creation that the world was mayim b'mayim, water within water. It means the entire reality that we know, the entire world that we know, is a, it, it begins with water. Moshe was taken from water. The essence of Nishmas Moshe, the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu, is coming from a reality that was before. That's, it's Yichud It's a higher unity. It's Shema Yisrael Shema And then there's a lower unity. There's a lower unity which is a world that we know, a world that we function in, and a God that we can understand. That's called Yichud Tata, a lower unity. That's called Baruch Shein Kvayid Mechus Levod. There's a kingdom, and we are citizens of that kingdom, and there's a king, okay? But that, that's, that's understandable. That's already Olam Hazar. Moshe Rabbeinu does not say Baruch Shein Kvayid Mechus Moshe Rabbeinu only says Shema Yisrael. So listen to what he says. And this is why, going back, this is what the reason, this is the Aymek, what the reason was talking about, how Moshe doesn't fit with Eretz Yisrael. Because as great as Eretz Yisrael is, Eretz Yisrael means creation. Eretz Yisrael means Olam Hazah. Eretz Yisrael means Yichud Tato, the lower unity. That's what Eretz Yisrael means. Like you asked the question, so then even Moshe Rabbeinu was outside of Eretz Yisrael. But Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was, his Malchus was in the desert. It's a place of, it's not even... It's as close to non-existing as possible. It wasn't, his Malchus was not in a different country. His Malchus was in a place of desolation. His Malchus was in a place that's reminiscent of what was before creation. The Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu is the Malchus of what was before creation. And Moshe Rabbeinu, that son, doesn't fit in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is the greatest, the greatest, holiest point of creation. But Moshe Rabbeinu is before. So how could Moshe be the Mashiach? Mashiach is about bringing down the oh. unit. That's where you need Yeshua Benon. Okay, so let's see. So he says like this. It says again, Right, so that Pasuk is Shema Yisrael twice. Moshe does not say Baruch Shem. And in the writings of Maron, the result is clear. He doesn't say Baruch Shem in Chumash because how great he is, because Moshe is coming from that place of Shema Yisrael alone. And says the Kamarna, and because of this, he's referencing that reason we just saw before. That's really the reason why Moshe is not able to go to Eretz Yisrael. Because how great he is. Not as a chasarn, it's how great he is. Now, okay, that was their reason. So now says the Gemara. Now, once Yeshua Benun hears that El Dadumedad are prophesizing that what that Yeshua Manchil, that Moshe is going to die and I'm going to bring them in. Val Karchach, and what does that mean? Says Yeshua to himself. That means that Moshe Rabbeinu is so great, he's not going to get into the land. He's bigger than the land. But evidently, I am not as great. Right? That's what Yeshua Benun is saying. And therefore, there's two things that are bothering him. First of all, Chaval, I'm not as great as Moshe. And number two, I, I would like Moshe Rabbeinu to come into the land. And therefore, it's an amazing thing. Therefore, it says Yeshua Benon, he, he, he responds to this nevuah, the Mesiris Nefesh. He's makabal on himself, and he's thinking to himself, I want to die al Kiddush Hashem. That's what a, when a person says Shema, that's the Kavana. That you'll be makabal on yourself, Mesiris Nefesh, to be willing to mamish die, to leave this world for the Rabbani Shalom's sake. And he's saying, Yichud Shema Beis Pamim, Shachas for Arvis. And so in this Pasuk is hinted to what Yeshua Benun was really doing. Yeshua Benun is not just going to Moshe and saying, silence them. Yeshua Benun is having a right now. He's trying to raise himself up to that level of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
He's trying to mamish become lost in that world of Maisha by thinking to himself Shema Yisrael twice and to be miyachi that Indian of Yehudi Law to return to Yehudi Law. And to return himself to the to the madri- to, to, to raise himself to the madrig of Maisha. And by doing that, two things are happening. I'm now in the same boat as Maisha. So, you know, uh, you know, sorry about Yeshua Manchil, you know, I, I, I can't. I'm now in the same boat as Maisha Rabbeinu. And then there's no choice, there's no one else. So Maisha Rabbeinu is gonna have to go in. This is what this is what Yeshuvan's strategy was. When Yeshuvan says to Maisha Kloim, silence them. It wasn't just like telling Moshe what to do. There was an avoid that was happening. What Yeshua Benun was doing at that moment was, was, was being Moshe Nefesh, was trying to raise himself to that place of Moshe Rabbeinu, pure Moshe Rabbeinu. And by doing so, his plan was, his thought was, is that now me and Moshe will be in that same place. And then the Nevuah cannot fulfill itself in such a way that Moshe dies and I go in. Because me and Moshe are in the same Madriga. And if and if one of us is going to have to take take Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, even though we're in this high place, it might as well be Moshe himself. That was what, that that says the that was the avodah, and that's why this pasuk Vayan Yeshu Benun Mesharis Moshe B'Churav is begematria two times Shema Yisrael. Can I get Shema in the morning? Shema because that's what Yeshu Benun was trying to be part. Now, yeah, yeah, he thought he was going to be able to. Well, not maybe not mamish. Uh, listen, maybe not Mamish is equal to Maisha, but at least to be lost in that place of Yehudi Law. Maisha Ben is a balabas there, but at least I'll be a guest. You know what I mean? I'll be in that place. And by doing so, I, I won't be in a position to have to bring Kalah Yisrael in. Now, it seems like it didn't work, right? Because at the end of the day, Maisha Meis, Yeshua Mahmes. Okay, but it gets a little bit. But, but the truth is, you know, the Rabbanishim has a way of working things out where he's the greatest chess master. You know, we think we're making moves, you know, you know uh, things that we want, and th- that itself becomes part of the Rabbanu plan. The Swarms say that that nouveau of Moshe Meis Yeshua Machnes is interesting, because if you think about the, the, the dictuk of it, it's a little bit funny. Moshe Meis is talking about Moshe is going to die, and Yeshua, really the, the, the dictuk should be Yeshua Nichnas, or Yikanes. Moshe is going to die, and Yeshua is going to come in. To the land. Machnes is a little bit funny. The Svarim say that the deeper meaning of that, of that Nevu is Moshe Mace, Moshe is going to die, the Yeshua Machnes Moshe, and Yeshua will be the one to bring Moshe into the land. <clears throat> Take a look at Maramok number four. Okay, this is from a Sefer Sheiris Yaakov, it's from a Vichemeyer in uh, his Pirish, it's like uh, unbelievable Pirish on the Seches Brachas. So he's talking about a Gemara, Chavkimon Beis. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Again, it's a little bit, if it gets late, anyone could leave. It's not, you know, it's not per- nothing personal. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara is talking about the halacha of, uh, let's say, uh, it's a simple halacha. Let's say you have like a tefillin bag or something. Huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. So there's, let's say you have like a tefillin bag, right? So the halacha talks about things that are, Tashmash of Kedusha, things that are holy, so you can't just uh, put money in your tefillin bag. It's designated for tefillin. So the Gemara is talking about what makes it really you know, set for tefillin. So the Gemara says like this, if you just use it for tefillin, but you don't mentally designate it as such, then it doesn't have the Kedusha tefillin. And if you designate it mentally for tefillin, but you don't use it for the tefillin, also not. You need both. You need to designate it mentally, and then you need to use it once. So if you have the, you know, if, you, if you're in your mind, this is designated for tefillin, and then you actually use it for tefillin, now it's uh, called the tefillin back. Okay? It's a Gemara, what's that? Listen to what Rishon says, and he's quoting from 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 the from the Svarim. Yeah, the way he puts it is, um, 
is uh, powerful enough. So he says like this. Again, he quotes the Gemara, if you use the tefillin bag one time, then it becomes holy like a tefillin bag, with the, with the fact that previous, before you used it, you had in mind to designate it as such. Then it becomes holy forever. Hainu. So he says, the Tzadik says, Ishmael says like this, there's such a phenomenon that the Rebbe, like, let's say Moshe and Yeshua, right? That's the classic Rebbe Talmud, right? That's the classic Rebbe Talmud relationship. Moshe Rabbeinu is Yehudi Ilah. No one is masig what Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about, you know? Moshe Rabbeinu is talking, uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, whatever the shirim of Moshe Rabbeinu were like, everyone is hearing the, weir, the words, okay? But no one's really chapping, no, no one's being able to really be typhus the God that Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about. You have to understand. What, what, let's, let's understand for a second. What, who's the God that Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about? You see, there's two levels, really three. There's the God that you know, that you could understand, that you could relate with. Okay. That's in Eretz Yisrael, the God. That's Oyelam Hazah, that's Baruch Shenkel, and Chosel And then there's a God that you don't understand. But at least you know that you don't understand. And then there's a much higher level, which is, it's so beyond my reach, I don't even know that I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Like, it, it, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, I've experienced this, but you have people that, like, I don't know Taharis. But I know I don't know Taharis. I've heard of Taharis, you know, saying I just, I, I know I don't know Taharis. Then there are people that they, it's not when they, they don't know Pneumis Satara, it's not that they, they know they don't, they, it 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 does it, it, it's not part of their radar. It doesn't exist to them. So it's like it's not a question of I don't I, they don't know they don't know. Like it's not part of their radar. The God that Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about was so is so great. It's so before creation that the rest of the Jewish people. It's not that they, they it's not that they don't know who the God that Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about. They don't know they don't know. It's it's bechlal above. The, 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 so the Talmidim are, are listening to Moshe Rabbeinu and they're not chopping, that they're even not chopping. The essential function of Yeshua Benun, as we're going to see in a second, the function of Yeshua Benun is to reveal to us, to bring down Taurus Moshe into our world, to give us a glimpse about how great God is that we don't know who He is. And then, now there's a God that we don't know. And there's a God that's profound and it's amazing that's beyond our conception. But without Yeshua Benun, if you just have Moshe Rabbeinu, the God that Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about is so above and so beyond, it's so before creation, that it's not even part of our radar to say, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like, let's say, you know, there's such a thing as a as tzaddikim, right? You go to a tzaddik and there's like, okay, there are Tamidi Chachamim, there are Rabbanim, I'm trying to find ways, you know. There are Tamidi Chachamim that are, that you understand them. Okay, they, they know more than you, they're smarter, they're more knowledgeable, whatever it is. They're more God-fearing maybe, but it's, it's understandable. That's called like a Baruch shame. It's a Baruch shame relationship. I know, I, I know, I appreciate it, it's amazing, it's inspiring, I know they are. And then there's like, you go to those tzaddikim, the tzaddikim emes, and it's like you go in and you're like just shaking before you go into the office, even though like, there's really not, like, what are you worried about? What's he going to say? You know what I mean? You're, you're stronger than him. Like, what, what exactly are you worried? He's not going to beat you up. Like, what are you worried about? But there's just a pachad, because the tzaddik is embodying an unknown, it's like, it, it, there's a, there's an energy there, there's a, there's a, there's a kedusha there that's like unknowable. It's like beyond my, my kalim. And then there's something that's called a tzaddik nister. What's a tzaddik nister? Like, you know, the story is Lama of tzaddik and these types of things. What's a tzaddik nister? Tzaddik nister is so great. He's so great 
that it's so beyond my kalim to process how great he is that to me it translates as absolutely nothing. This is why like, the, the, even the Dardaya did not appreciate who Moshe was. They couldn't appreciate who Moshe was because the God that Moshe Rabbeinu was showing them was so beyond their kalim that it's almost as if it doesn't exist. Yeshua ben Nun is the one to allow us an entrance into that world that's called Maisha to give us a glimpse about how great God is that we don't know. And then, after Yeshua ben Nun now introduces us to the God that Maisha ben was talking about, to the extent that now was like, well, that's beyond our kalim, then you have the rest of Nevi'im and the rest of Tarash Valpeh to, to bring that God even further down to allow us to understand what God's talking about. That's what Yeshua ben Nun was about. And therefore, and we'll see what Richard Meyer, what he's trying to say over here. And therefore, the, the, what Yeshua ben Nun needed to do, Yeshua ben Nun, part of his malchus is to become lost in Moshe Rabbeinu, but to act as that, as that bridge. This, mo no, this moment in Yeshua ben Nun's career, where he says Shema Yisrael twice, right? And he's becoming part of Moshe Rabbeinu's malchus. That's exactly, that's exactly where, that, that's how his malchus begins. That is his malchus. His malchus is to be lost in Moshe Rabbeinu's world and yet somehow to, be, uh, to bring that world of Moshe Rabbeinu into our universe. That's exactly what it, what's happening. You, you'll see where Vichemar puts it. He'll, he'll explain better than me. So he says, Hainu. Shem zaycha tamalis gasha l'rabe tzadik emes. So yeah, again, you have the tzadik emes who's talking about uh, things that the, the Talmudim are not masik at all. But you have one Talmud who's makasher himself to the Rebbe in a very strong way, even one time. There's a one-time deal that he's makasher himself to his Rebbe and he becomes lost in that place. That the Rebbe brings the Talmud up to the Rebbe's universe. And the, the Talmud tastes, at least for the moment, the universe that the Rebbe's in. So of course the Talmud can't stay in that place. He's not the Rebbe. But then, because the Talmud at least one time tasted the universe of the Rebbe, then when the Talmud sort of is brought back down to planet Earth, now he's, re he's redefined as a vehicle through which the Torah of the Rebbe is able to become a little bit more uh, relatable and understandable. And that becomes his function. As I call That moment of lo being lost in the Rebbe's universe now gives the Talmud the kalim and the ability to take all the information that he has learned previously from his Rebbe, now all that information becomes, becomes changed and becomes concretized right now. And all, those, all that information, which until now was like sort of himmeldic and completely impractical, now they become... Mahalchem, the, the Talmud could actually take that Torah and, 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 and make drachim and, and, and bring guidance to the world and show how the Torah of the Rebbe is real and practical and how you could become greater because of it. Lishtamish ben to use them in practical senses. And until now, the Torah of the Rebbe was completely unknown and no one really chapped what the Rebbe was talking about. And none of the Torah of the Rebbe like, had any practical ramifications because the God the Rebbe was talking about was not just unknown. It was, it was, it was so unknown that they didn't even know they didn't know. It was bechlal unknown. But now, but because one time the Talmud was lost in the Rebbe's world, and and he became battle and connected to the Rebbe in a deep way, through that moment of being lost in the Rebbe's world for a moment, now he's able to transform the Torahs of the Rebbe from being completely unknown to, to, to be completely outside of everyone's radar 
to be just above everyone's radar. And all of a sudden, the God that the Rebbe was talking about is close enough for us to be amazed by. Where the, where the tzaddik moves from being a hidden tzaddik to being the tzaddik that you're tittering before you go into his office. And that's, that, that means that the light of the Rebbe is coming closer into our world. This is what the Richard Martaitch says in the Gemara. The guy has a tefillin bag, so you, you're having all the kavanas. Should be tefillin, should be tefillin, should be tefillin. It's, uh, but it's not, it's not real. The Kedusha didn't hit, it doesn't become part of the tefillin bag. You're not sitting when you go to the tefillin bag yet. But when you use it once for tefillin, then all the hachanas, all the, all the, you know, all the, all the meichen that you put into that tefillin bag now kicks in. And now activates. Now it's part of the tefillin bag, and now the tefillin bag, you have to sit there. That's just, so this is what's happening by the moment of Yishuv Benun. Let's understand. Yishuv Benun is thinking that what? He's raising himself. He's saying Shema Yisrael. He's becoming, he's trying to be lost in Yishuv Benun's world for the purposes of undoing that nevuah. But v'nahapichu, it's mamash the opposite. Adarava, the nevuah is fulfilled of Yishuv Meis, the Yishuv Machnes Yishuv, that Yishuv is going to die. But Yishuv is going to be the one to bring Yishuv into the Eretz Yisrael that is fulfilled Davka by this moment of Yishuv Rabbeinu, of Yishuv Benun becoming lost in Yishuv for that moment, tasting of that universe, understanding what Yishuv Rabbeinu was finally talking about, coming back down, and now being able to present to the world Tyrus Yishuv. And this is what Sefer Yishuv is. The function of Sefer Yishuv in Tyra is to be a lens through which we could appreciate how... how beyond our understanding God is. Because without Sefer Yeshua, the God that we don't understand, which is Chumash, is so ununderstandable that it's completely unknown. Think about it. The, the Um Asylum also have Chumash. The God is so hidden in, in Chumash that the, even the Um Asylum can, can, can touch their Narish guide in it. Sefer Yeshua comes as the lens. It's Aruch Yisrael. It's what allows the Chumash to enter into Eretz Yisrael. And this was Dafka happening, again, V'nahapichu. Yishuv Benun is thinking that what he's doing, what he's trying to do, is to undo that nevuah. Quite the opposite. It deepens that nevuah. It allows that nevuah to happen. Maisha Meis, the Yeshua Machnis, Yeshua doesn't bring Kalah into Eretz Yisrael alone. He brings Maisha into Eretz Yisrael. This is why, and we'll see soon, the first parak of Sefer Yeshua, the theme of the first parak is that, 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 that Maisha has died, but Yeshua Benun is taking over, and we're going to commit, Kali Yisrael say, we're going to commit ourselves to Yeshua Benun, just like Moshe Rabbein. The whole Indian of the first part of Sefer Yeshua is trying to show how Moshe and Yeshua were, were as committed to Yeshua as we were to Moshe Rabbein. Think about it. Chazal say that when Moshe died and Yeshua Benun becomes the leader, so the, the, the Gemara says that when, that compar- when all of a sudden that contrast, so Moshe is like the sun, and Yeshua is like the moon. And the Jew- generation was saying, like, Think about it. That moment of them fully appreciating who Moshe was only came after Moshe dies and Yeshua Benun becomes the leader. So we think of that, it's like, it's, uh, you know, that's the way it is. You know, it's always like, uh, you know, you appreciate the trip when the trip is over, right? But it's much deeper than that. The oimik of what's going on is that Davka, that moment when Yeshua Benun becomes the leader, now you are able to finally grasp Moshe Rabbeinu. So Davka now, you're able to say, I can't believe what we lost with Maishu Rabbeinu. Until Yeshua Benun becomes the Melech, you don't know who Maishu Rabbeinu is. But only now that there's a Yeshua Benun who acts as the Mishoris, who acts as the classic Talmud of just allowing Taurus Maisha into the world, now the God that Maishu Rabbeinu was talking about, we now not understand, but at least now we know we don't understand. That's the greatness of Maishu Rabbeinu. Let's understand, this is also why, there's a lot to talk about, this is also why, uh, why Davka was Eldar Umeidar. Why Dafka Eldar Umeidar? It's the first and only time we find we hear them about Tanakh. The words Eldar Umeidar is a combination of two words. Two, two times the word Dud, 
right? El Dud Me Dud, and El Alf Lamid and uh, Mem Yud. So, okay, there's a missing hay over there, which is not for now, but it's the name Elohim with two duds. Now, the word dud is the place of nursing. So, Davke El Darumeda, and there is that we find that these two Nevi were connected to that Indian of nursing, like a baby that, that nurses from the mother. What is that Indian? See, Maisha Rabbeinu is, if you think about it, Maisha Rabbeinu's universe is like the baby in the womb. It's complete, the baby's unconscious, there's no awareness at all. I mean, not, I shouldn't say that, I mean, we know the baby's, uh, there's, there's an awareness there, but you understand, like, the consciousness that we're familiar with, it's, the baby doesn't even have the ability to, the baby eats what the mother eats, drinks what the mother drinks, so to speak, that's the description of before creation, it's like, all there is is God, all there is is the mother, all there is is, 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 is where we come from, and you're completely lost in that place. Maisha Benu is connected to that place of Eber, that place of, 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 of Ayin, of, of being a, like a fetus in the womb. And then you have what? Eretz Yisrael, which is, you're an adult and you're eating your own. You have to make your own meals. But there's that bridge in between. And that's called Yunika, that's called nursing. Nursing is a time where the baby is now old enough to, to, to consciously sense and to, rem- to remember what it was like when it was in the womb. That's why nursing is a, it's a, a psychological, even when we know it's psychological, it's an important stage, whether it be, you know, again, whether it be nursing from a bottle or whatnot, but that experience of being held tight and, and, and being fed in such a way, because also, in a certain sense, when it's done in a natural way from the mother herself, again, it, doesn't, doesn't, it could be with a bottle too or, or with powder, that's not the point. The point is that it's, it, in a certain sense, it's the, the baby is being fed food that's easily digestible, just like it was in the womb, but now the baby's outside of the womb, but sort of like reconnecting to what that experience was. That is what Yeshua Benun is. Yeshua Benun's function in the world is what? Is to give us the ability to appreciate what that was like being in the womb of Maishu Rabbeinu. Is davke el daru meidad, are being b'machna. That's why it's also connected with the name Elohim. Elohim is, is, is connected with the time of Unika for whatever reason, but Elohim is sort of also the vehicle that you then use to experience Yudke Vavke. Hashem Elohim, we say by, after Yom Kippur, Hashem Elohim, Hashem Elohim. Havaya is Moshe Rabbeinu, Shmi Hashem lo inadati lehem, the Ovis didn't have, Moshe Rabbeinu shown Yudke Vavke. The name Elohim, that's the name that you then are able to appreciate what Yudke Vavke is. That's Elder Numeid and Misnav and B'machna. Take a look at Maramach number five, from Lakut Halachas. It's a Maritik Torah over there in Birchas Hashachar Parakei. He says an amazing thing. After all this, so uh, until now, so so far, what have we learned? I'm going I'm to set it up, sum it up. But what, what, what we've learned in a certain sense is that the Rebbe is unknown. You need the Talmud to allow the Rebbe's world to be known a little bit. And, and even then, the Rebbe's not known, known, but at least we know we don't know. And Renasen explains that not only is the Rebbe unknown to other people, really the Rebbe is also unknown to himself. And the Talmud functions not only to show the world who the Rebbe is, but the Talmud is also necessary to remind the Rebbe who the Rebbe is. Listen to what he says. The, the, the real Tzaddik The real Tzaddik is unable to really know who he is. What makes him the big tzaddik is the fact that he's a nope, that he's a nothing, that he has such humility. But that humility that he has also stops him from being able to really know who he is. On a deeper level, the meaning of this is also, every tzaddik is connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, which is before creation. Well, before creation, there's no you either. There's no Rebbe either. So the Rebbe is not able to truly appreciate who he is. Forget the world. He, he himself can't know. 
This is why we're all in this fall. Moshe Rabbeinu, like, uh, by the burning bush, Hashem says, Moshe Rabbeinu, go save Kali Yisrael. Moshe is fighting. No, who am I? I mean, who am You're talking to God. What does it mean? You don't... What does it mean? <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu, because he's Moshe Rabbeinu, he's not able to know who he is. He can't know who he is. So he says, Whereas the Talmud who is very from a distance, is able to know more who the Rebbe is than the Rebbe himself. That's what in the Torah that Rabbi Nassim is talking about, he's talking about the Menorah, that Moshe was not able to be masik how the Menorah was created, but Davka Betzalel, or the Mishkan Bechlal, but the Betzalel is able to do it. Even though it's funny, because the Mishkan, the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of the day picked up the Mishkan. So the Mishkan represents Moshe Rabbeinu's universe. That's what the Mishkan is. Mishkan is reminding us of what was before. Moshe Rabbeinu is one to go into the Kaddish HaKachim whenever he wants. The Mishkan is Moshe Rabbeinu Dick. But Moshe Rabbeinu is not the one to be the architect of it. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know who Moshe Rabbeinu is. Even Moshe doesn't know who Moshe is. It says in Pasuk, No man knows where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. Chazal say, Ein ish el Whenever it says ish in Chumash, ish always means Moshe Rabbeinu. Ish Moshe is anav ma'id. V'layod ish es means that even Moshe doesn't know where he's buried. Says in Pasuk, the Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that his face was shining. Moshe doesn't know who Moshe is. You need a Betzalel, who's Betzalkel, who's sitting in the shade, who's not Moshe. Betzalel can know who Moshe Rabbeinu is. So Betzalel can build the Mishkan, which is Moshe. And he says, Valkin Betzal Daika Asa Isa Kiroi, therefore Betzal is the one to make the Mishkan. Valkal Bekaichesh Moshe. It's all coming from Moshe Rabbeinu. But Moshe Rabbeinu needs the Talmud. To remind him who uh, who he is. This is why we have stories from the Balshantiv like this. That the Balshantiv uh, happened. The Balshantiv was in a matzav of like mamish kadnos, a big yerida, and he wasn't, you know, and he was. There, and, and the only time he got, he got back to being himself is when uh, Chassid walked in and said, "Rebbe," asking a bracha or whatever the case may be. And the moment that he was called Rebbe by a Chassid, he got back to himself. So you look at that story. Was he needs a confident boost? It's much deeper than that. The Balshanta of Tzadikim like this, they can't know who they are. They need the Talmud to, to function as a way of letting the world know who the Rebbe is and letting the Rebbe know who the Rebbe is. That relationship is very, uh, it, it's, it's, it's symbiotic. It, it goes both ways. The Talmud needs the Rebbe, and the Rebbe desperately needs the Talmud as well. There's a Maisa, I think I said this maybe a couple weeks ago by, 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 by the Kiddush. There's a famous Maisa that there was a group of Chassidim by Matzah Shabbos, and they were uh, talking about Avodis Hashem, and they... They were saying, like, they need a rabbi, they need a hadrocha, they don't have a tzaddik. So it was a town, the Riminov was a, a little bit away. So they said, you know what, it's middle of the night, but we have to, we must have to go to the, the Rendel Riminov to be mavatla ourselves then. So they go to Riminov, and, the, you know, they don't know where his address is, but they see at 3 o'clock in the morning, there's one house with the lights on, so it's, it's got to be the rabbi. So they go there, they knock on the door, and Rendel opens the door, he's like, oh, Baruch Hashem, you're here. Like, you know, we never met you in our lives. So Mendel says, this whole night I've been thinking, I was down to the Rebbe Shalom, I need to see them. I need to see them. Like, and Baruch Hashem, Chassidim came to me. The Rebbe needs the Chassid, the Chassid needs the Rebbe. That's how it works. Moshe Rebbe needs Yeshua Benun. That's what Sefer Yeshua is. See, the function of Sefer Yeshua is in order to introduce us to the world of Moshe Rebbe. Not that we should know who Moshe Rebbe is, but Adra, that we, that, that we should not know who Moshe Rebbe is. That's Gufa, the, the Hasagas of, 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 of Sefer Yeshua, that the the God that's being introduced to us in Sefer Yeshua is a God that's beyond our kalim to understand, and, but he's close enough that we should be able to know that we don't understand, to be nispal from that. That's the function of Sefer Yeshua. Okay? Introduction number one. We'll see what